I'm, I'm like actually nervous right now. Dick, 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 And welcome back, right. everyone, to Try House Tells Mysteries of Histories. Today, we are talking about the Templars. Woo. Tell him what we're talking about. Oh, Matt, he just did that. Sorry, you just did that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> tell him why. <laughs> yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> tell him why it matters, Matt. Tell him why it matters. All right. Well, this is an order of knights that were dedicated to protecting the pilgrims uh, that were going to the Holy Land during the Crusades. But also, were they heretical in nature? Were they worshiping a false god in the pretense of worshiping Christ? Who knows? We'll all find out. On this episode of Try House Tells Mysteries of Histories. Uh, and roll our, what is our thing called? <laughs> the intro? The intro, roll the intro. Welcome back, Commander. This is Try House Tells Mysteries. Ah! Fact, fantasy, and history have come together to tease the imagination. I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Basically, <laughs> yeah. Um, and don't forget, Matt, these man. weren't just, they, they didn't protect just any pilgrims, right? Only the pilgrims that mattered, a.k.a. Christian pilgrims. I think um, those were the only pilgrims that were actually going to the Holy Land, though. Well, that is very uh, relig- religiousness bias, of, re- religiousism of you, from you, Matt, okay? Can, can so Muslims also like to pilgrim. Jews also that, like also the when we say pilgrims. I'm only thinking of like Thanksgiving. Like, yeah, Thanksgiving. Like like, like the, the hats. I, <laughs> that is yo, I rewatched. Why were they called pilgrims? Why were they called pilgrims? Because they were, they made pilgrimage. You fucking idiots. No, I'm talking about the, the Thanksgiving pilgrims. But yeah, the Thanksgiving pilgrims. Yeah. They there were no religious sites in America for Christians. So why were they called the pilgrims? Because their fucking diseases made pilgrimage to the Native Americans' uh, endocrine systems and, and their hearts and shit. All right, well, that's a stretch. <laughs> okay, See, so segueing back in. <laughs> Wait, I so, watched Try House Thanksgiving last night. It was great. I just wanted to let you guys oh, know. You okay, did? yeah, segueing oh. back in. Yeah, that's that's, that's yeah. A, if anyone hasn't watched it, yeah, you should. It's funny over on the Trihouse Films YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so back to the Templars. So the Templars were created in 1119 when a simple knight by the name of Hughes de Payance traveled to the Holy Lands and found that hundreds, if not thousands, of pilgrims pilgrims were being pilgrims. <laughs> the pilgrims. Damn it. <laughs> uh, they are a race of people called the pilgrims. Uh, you know, what? let's just start that over. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I'm nervous. I feel like All right, I've got this one. I've got this part. Okay, so uh, the the Knights Templar were created in 1119 when a simple knight by Hugh, Huge de Pines uh, traveled to the whole <laughs> It pain, looks like man. huge pain. Yeah, it looks like huge, huge pain, pain for all the Muslims. Such a huge pain to go to the the Holy Land. Uh, so he traveled. Basically, he traveled to the Holy Land and found that like hundreds, if not thousands, of pilgrims that were going to see the Holy Lands were actually just being robbed and murdered on their pilgrimage to the Holy Lands. And yeah, they're like, because hey. they were, they were fucking asshole marauding. There were marauding highwaymen that would butcher them if they didn't pay up. And then there were also the freaking lords that were bordering that owned land that were bordering the roads. They were like, Oh, you guys have to pay a toll. And if they didn't pay the toll, they would imprison them. Yeah. So basically everybody knew that this was a money-making venture. Like, they were getting robbed, and if they weren't getting robbed, they were getting taxed. And it's like, these people were trying to go to the Holy Land, so they could do religious-ish. And then, <laughs> and then no, like, 
just getting killed. And so basically there's a huge problem. And to answer this uh, huge problem, they wanted to found the, the Knights Templar as not as it is to, or as we know it, but like their mission was to protect these pilgrims. Hold on, I have a line, I have a line. Oh, yes, you guys, you know, the, the Templars, they, I like to think of the Templars like Jesus Christ's linebackers, you know, preventing, <laughs> just really taking care of uh, <laughs> those Christian pilgrims, man, trying to get wouldn't there. Be, do you want to be Jesus Christ's offensive lineman? <laughs> I mean, That sounds like sure. a band name. <laughs> that, sounds, <laughs> that sounds more football than, than what I was saying. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the, try, the offensive linemen trying to make sure that the quarter, the Christian quarterbacks could land their holy footballs in the end zone of Jerusalem, you know? Yeah, so to bring that back to reality, Hughes <laughs> went to the matriarch of Jerusalem, King Baldwin II, and proposed a new order of monastic knights that would protect the pilgrims on... Pilgrims? I said it again! Well, you, you're combining <laughs> the pilgrims with pyramids. <laughs> Are you trying to make this about aliens again? <laughs> Maybe it is, man. I don't know. So he wanted to protect the pilgrims uh, on their usually ill-fated journey. The king agreed, and Hughes, along with eight other knights, were given a headquarter, uh, headquarters in the Holy Land. It was originally, their headquarters were originally a mosque that, um, when the Christians went in, uh, established their own monarchy in Jerusalem, they had taken over a lot of the mosques and converted them to, like, to uh, churches. So this mosque actually that became their headquarters, it was thought that this was the ruins of the Temple of Solomon, which is, I, I just think that's really fascinating because he was known for his wisdom, but also for his great wealth. Which the Knights Templar, although they like had a, so I think their original like logo they had branded on their shields was two knights riding one horse because they were like so poor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, just so completely underfunded but that there only, were only nine of them yeah when it started and uh and this only lasted for like a year before uh what was his name Who, who's bernard of Clairol? yeah this man was like you know what you're gonna get the full backing of the christian of the christian might yeah and, so this guy was yeah. an abbot of the catholic church extremely influential extremely powerful and he had set he had sent like a bunch of letters around europe praising this quote new knighthood he said they are warriors as gentle as lambs and fiercer than lions weighing the mildness of the monk and the valor of the knight with one soul and one heart oh well that sounds touching wasn't that beautiful you that know was what beautiful uh, before we get too far, I just want to say my interpretation of the two knights on the horse. I think that was a subtle affirmation of the homosexual claims, and so they could fuck each other while they were riding the horse. Well, I mean, we don't have really any proof of that, but like, it, ah. okay, so well, we sorry. are going to get into it because there's a lot of <laughs> shit and like, they got charged with heresy in the end, yeah, uh, and some of that it's, was it's homosexual acts. Yeah, spitting yeah, no. on the cross. Yeah. Jesus. She, seriously. Sorry. Sorry, Jesus. Boy. Killing Muslims. <laughs> killing Muslims. Actually, that was a good thing. That wasn't really... Yeah, back then they are like, they're killing Muslims. <laughs> Great. That's amazing. Whoa, you guys. That's very Islamophobic of you to say killing well, Muslims is a good thing. We're not saying that we believe that. We, we, Jesus, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> so in 1129, uh, Bernard of Clairvaux, he led the charge to raise the knights from poverty. Uh, and have them be recognized by the Pope. 
Uh, this campaign was successful and elevated the Knights Templar to the status of a militaristic order of monastic knights. From there, the donations flooded in from noblemen across Europe. Europe? Europe? Jesus Christ. The English is now, not now strong. Now Europe and Turnip? You realize we're doing a podcast where you have to speak words. Dude, it is early and I am tired. All right, here, move closer to the camera. Come here. It's, it's not, it's not okay. gay. We'll be, we'll be two knights on one horse. So it this made it so that their monastics order was the go-to charity for nobles. Um, it even became like uh, common for... Uh, nobles and um, other businessmen to if they were going to go fight in the crusades they would leave all of their assets to the knights templar yeah it's basically like the first sort of like banking system yeah. so because because the holy lands were so far away from the most uh from most of europe what these noblemen would do is they would have all of this money and wealth but be completely unable to transport it to the holy lands so what they would do is they would give all their money to uh, the Knights Templar, and the Knights Templar would basically give them a check, and yeah, be like, for what that was worth. Yeah, they'd be like, "Here's what it's worth," and when they showed up in the Holy Lands, they would be like, they could cash it in, and they would basically get all of their cash wealth money. when they showed up. Yeah. So this whole banking system started like very, very small. Uh, obviously, it was just Hughes and eight other knights, and then in uh, 1165, they built a string of several impenetrable forces around Europe and into the Holy Land. And dude, their courage in the Crusades was renowned uh, across Europe, which also was just. And this only took 50 years to do, like from founding or 45 years from founding. Yeah, 1119. From poverty to like having banks. And and like being world renowned warriors, yeah, like dude, world renowned fucking warriors, man. They were described as like having fanatical courage and strong discipline in the battlefield. They would not retreat in battle unless they were outnumbered three to one. The Muslim forces, who would usually ransom back captured soldiers, they would usually behead the Templars instead of ransoming them back because they were just so fearsome that they didn't want them returning to battle. Dude, and that's crazy because you could get a lot of money back for them. And they're like, you know yeah. what? Too you know what? Just just kill them. I don't want to have to deal with this this, uh, this anymore. And and part of the reason that they were so fearsome is because after they got the backing from Sir Huzywatsi, uh, and they <laughs> became like a, like an established order, it's because because of the kind words that he said about them, uh, nobles would donate money to the organization, and so they went from two knights on one horse to having like fucking ironclad steeds so they would they have they have fully armored horses they would be fully armed mm. they'd have the best armor so it's like they were like tanks on yeah, horses they were tanks they were on like horses so they were tanks. like it's like imagine imagine these like little footmen with these little ass spears and a giant armored horse just like charging at you it's so that's part of the reason they were so fearsome was because they had so much financial backing from the people yeah. This is nuts. It was, it was absolutely nuts. Like, it said that in all, like, 20,000 Templars died in battle. And there were only, like, only, like, 10% of Templars were warriors. Mm -hmm. Another 90% were uh, financial members of the order. Yeah, behind-the-scenes type stuff. But not all of their dealings with the Muslims were sticks and stones, strangely mm -hmm. enough. Um, even after all of these battles and, you know... Just, I mean, it was so, the, the Crusades were brutal, uh, especially for the Muslims, Jesus Christ. Um, but it's said that um, the Saracens, who were Muslim, 
who were the Sunni Muslim forces and the Templars actually had a shared respect for one another, despite murdering each other on the battlefield. Two crazy times. Yeah. Crazy he, times. Here's a quote from a Saracen diplomat. Oh, God. Do I even know what a Muslim accent is? Don't do it. Don't do it. Oh, okay. Jesus, what are you? Are you trying to get this podcast shut fire? down? <laughs> uh, when I was visiting Jerusalem, I used to go where my Templar friends were staying. Along one side of the building was a church. The Templars placed this spot at my disposal that I may say my prayers. There was also like a really famous story of a Muslim who was praying at a church in the Holy Land. And um, in this story, there was this new Templar that arrived to the Holy Land and he came to that church and he saw this Muslim praying in a Catholic church and was affronted and tried to throw him out. But then his other, the other Templars that were around him were like, no, 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 no. Let him pray. He's our friend. And yeah, it's kind of nuts, especially to think about in that time. It's just like how on the battlefield it it's it was like it's just bloodbaths. But then off they're like they still respected uh, worship, um, yeah. no matter the religion, which is kind of I mean, which I'm sure this is like like a like one example of a good side of this. I'm sure there's a million other stories <laughs> where this went south, you know, you know? <laughs> but yeah. The fact that the story still exists is kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, they it said that they learned Arabic so they could have uh, diplomatic talks with surrounding princes. Uh, dude, it's even said that they had dealings with the Hashashins, who are... Who basically <laughs> sounds like they just, like, slay marijuana all day. <laughs> the Hashashins. <laughs> dude, that sounds like a professional, like, bong-ripping team. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? The Hashashins. <laughs> Holy they're shit, actually just actually... the most chill order of assassins because they're just high all the time dude okay that should be the name of a a type of marijuana or a freaking uh a a, a, a marijuana facility what, what, what are they called i don't know what they're called a dispensary i don't go to one of those <laughs> i've never been inside of one <laughs> i actually have it i have actually you really yeah uh, okay yeah there's a little uh, the hashashans the hashashans so but anyways the... back to the hashashans so the hashashans were uh, that's where the word came from, or what we believe it came from, uh, for the word assassins. And they were actually the inspiration for the Assassin's Creed games. Yes. Based off the Assassin's Creed games, there's also a fanatical group of, how do you say that word? Shiite Muslims. Shiite Muslims. Oh, I thought that was just, you know, Southern people pronouncing it wrong. <laughs> You know, because that shit happens. They say diabetes instead of diabetes. They do not say that. People say diabetes. They do? Have you have you guys never heard that? They say diabetes instead of diabetes all the time. There's commercials. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, That's so it's Shiite Muslims. Okay, who would have guessed? Uh, who are targeting high rank officials and noblemen to further Shi the Shiite agenda, which is said, uh, which is to say that they believe that only the descendants of Muhammad were allowed to rule. And I was this, is this the same group of Hashashans? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I see. So, so what did they, how did they deal with these people? I don't understand. How to, how to deal with, uh, oh, they would, they would get really close to them, mm -hmm. like rulers around, uh, the Arab, the Arab world, and they would befriend them and they would work their way into their administration. So they'd be up and close and personal with them. And then they would stab them and murder them. And but then they would usually die. They would know they would die because there wouldn't be no way to escape. Oh, geez. So they, they made peace with death 
How are the Templars friends with years. the Sith Had dealings with them? Dude, I don't even know. It's just believed that the Templars had these close ties with um, and had dealings with the Hashashans. The Hashashans. Um, they also had close ties with Muslims, um, Judaic sects in the Holy Land. Um, many people thought that they had um, learned ancient wisdoms from these people and alchemy and numerology and astrology. Um, and that the Templars had delved into forbidden rites and knowledge that would be considered heresy in Christendom. Like the earth being round? Is, is that what time we're at? Is... Yeah, that's, that would be heresy. Or, or at least that... Yeah, what time was that? That the earth wasn't the center of the, of the universe. Oh, of yeah, the that took system. a long time for us humans to be like, wait a minute, we're not the most important thing? Yeah, it was not like Copernicus or something. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> um, so it's also believed, side note, that the Templars were actually the ones that brought the game of chess to Europe. Yeah. Is that interesting? Wait, where was it before? It was in the Arab lands. What? Yeah, I didn't least. know that. Yeah. Well, that's, that's nutty. Yeah, it's fucking weird. Well, I guess that makes sense because the Templars were the ones that are going back and forth from the Middle East to mainland Europe. So it's like... And they... Like, because of this banking system... Like, they're, they're good at, like, transporting goods and stuff. They're basically, like, the Amazon Prime of the medieval ages. Dude. I'm, well, I was thinking that they were more like, you know, Wells Fargo. Oh, the, yeah, that's... That, too. Maybe, like, a mixture that's, of the I'm two. sure that's just as topical. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... I Actually, you cover the Relic Hunter stuff, Matt, because this is something I could not find on the Wikipedia page. So it's oh, so much research. <laughs> yeah, guys, if you haven't told the biggest nerd of the three of us, is definitely this one. Guilty. All right, so the relic hunters. One thing that is known about the Templars is that they were possibly relic hunters. In Europe at this time, relics were as close to magic as you can get. Uh, they were as valuable as gold or jewels, if not more, more, even more valuable. Because it was believed that by touching a relic, you were touching God. Naturally. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. Not touching him on his pee pee or something. <laughs> no, 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 dude. You were touching God. <laughs> That's the same argument Michael Jackson made for the little boys. <laughs> Jeremy. Don't you know this God? Don't you know this is God? <laughs> Jeremy. Jeremy, that was Maybe hilarious. we'll take that, that one out. That was that was savage. <laughs> Um, naturally, the relic market in Europe was huge, and the Templars became custodians of these items. And, but they were also like borderlining on like fanatical when it came to uh, relics. How so? Um, they, dude, it, it was not unheard of that they would kill Muslims, um, Jewish people, as well as even Christians to get at certain relics. Um, and Damn. They, like it was so. Templars were so synonymous with relics that if um, that their signature alone was enough to prove that a relic was indeed the real thing. Um, they even had close Wild. dealings with, yeah, it's fucking, it's just, I don't know, it's freaking nuts. And King St. Louis of France, who was a starch supporter of the Templars, was known to have purchased. Uh, definitely pronounced Louis if I know anything about I was the I was about to say, I was like, I'm going to let this go. <laughs> But I'm going to give the camera a snide look here in a second. I know, I look like an idiot. <laughs> it's okay. I said Sir, Sir Huge Penis earlier. It's That's fine. Um, he was known to have uh, purchased the crown of thorns and a fragment of the cross. Um, and both of those were probably worth 
a lot of fucking money. Uh, yeah, I would say probably a lot. Matt has written down in the notes for lots and lots and lots of money, <laughs> which I think is the best way you could possibly say that. <laughs> well, dude, I just, I didn't have the time to actually figure out, like, do the research on how much he actually purchased that shit for. <laughs> and then deal with inflation. No, dude, I'm not, I'm not joking at all. I love that. <laughs> yeah. That's what I would have written. <laughs> But it's also believed that they found, that the Knights Templar found the Shroud of Turin. And if people don't know what the Shroud of Turin is, it is a cloth um, that is believed that, I I believe it was Mary Magdalene, um, during the time of Christ, she gave him to wipe his face when he was carrying the cross. She gave him a cloth and he used it to wipe his face. And when he brought it away and gave it back to her, his visage, his face was imprinted onto the fabric. Uh, and it oh, was said shit. that they... It's like that piece of toast. I was thinking that same thing. I was like, this, yeah. this, sounds, this all sounds very YouTube clickbaity. I don't, I don't know if that's just did my the Templars, mindset. Yeah. Did the Templars also have the toast of Turin? <laughs> I don't think so. Dude, that was good. That was good. Uh, He's like, Mac- Maximus, it's getting moldy. <laughs> Yeah, they've Sorry, got a okay, toaster that just makes toast that looks like Jesus Christ. <laughs> we found idea. this in Constantinople. <laughs> <laughs> we brought it back across all the Muslims. So it was believed that the uh, the Shroud of Turin was given uh, to uh, King St. Louis uh, by the Templars. Um, but the relic that the Templars wanted the most was the Holy Grail. Now, the Holy Grail was first mentioned by a French poet in a romantic poem, but you know, the weird thing is, is like in this poem, he describes the Holy Grail as a platter, like a plate. Yeah, it's freaking weird. I know, when I hear Holy Grail, I think of like a chalice with like rubies and like the blood of Muslims in it or something. Oh. Every time. Every time I'm like, yeah, yeah, Jeremy. Jeremy yeah. Jeremy's like, punctuate it with something inappropriate. Oh, uh, uh, But yeah, no, the chalice uh, with jewels and everything like that was actually uh, popularized by Joseph of Arimathea. Uh, but no one ever really knows if they found it. And, but we know that was disproved by uh, the Indiana Jones films. That it was actually just a wooden <laughs> cup. It's true. it's true. Oh, is that what the Holy Very Grail simple. is in Indiana Jones? Yeah, Isn't somebody it? drinks out of a, at the end, somebody drinks out of a cup they believe to be the Holy Grail, and it's like the most bedazzled grail, and then they instantly die, and then Indiana finds like the most simple like wooden cup, and and uh, drinks out of that because Jesus was a carpenter and um, lived a simple money. life. Yeah. yeah, man. There you go, man. That's, that's fun screenwriting. Yeah, right? And a little <laughs> bit of uh, Jesus. You learn a little bit. A little bit of Jesus in my life. A little bit of Jesus, all I need. All right. I'm into that, brother. Well, there, well there's the uh, there's the intro for the video right there. <laughs> a little bit of Jesus. All this, uh, the selling of the relics and all this bank work, this allowed them to just have hundreds and hundreds of facilities around Europe uh, and to become a, a organization that rivals other European monarchs 
so basically the knights templars were like the rock stars of the christian world for a really long time really powerful um it said they were actually one of the first like like multinational like corporations kind of was because they i don't know if we covered this at all but the pope actually made them to where they were exempt from all laws and all yeah so they could they could do whatever they wanted in any country anywhere the only person they ever had to uh take orders from was the pope so it made them incredibly powerful they didn't have to pay taxes anywhere they could go wherever they want uh they could do whatever no they want tithes. basically yeah bro so it made them amazing. incredibly powerful and so i want to <laughs> huh I say I want to call Sally May and be like, hey, I'm actually a Knights Templar, so can I just be waived of all this debt, please? Yeah, <laughs> please. <laughs> please. <laughs> um, Leave me alone. But uh, so, but this like golden era of the Knights didn't, couldn't last forever. And once the military conquests in the Middle East started to go south, um, they, they started losing a lot of support. And the Battle of Fatim was the beginning of the end for the Templars and the Christian pilgrims alike. Sultan Saladin, a uh, prominent... Uh, Saladin or Saladin? Saladin. It's definitely Saladin. You know uh, what? They just pronounce it. I salad. Mean, we in the- <laughs> Sultan Salad. That, if that's not the name of a, 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 like, like a little quick salad shop, we don't know what it is. Um, Sultan a- Pepper Shaker. But he was one of the prominent Muslim monarchs in the Holy Lands. He led a renewed force to drive Christians from Jerusalem and take it back. And I forgot how long he had it. Uh, and then I think the... And then the... So basically the Templars and the the Christians got driven out of the Holy Lands. Um, yeah, because he... he I, Sultan Saladin, I, I think he planned this very uh, strategically where in the heart of summer was when he chose to do battle with the Templars and with um, the Crusaders. So in that heat, I, they were just at a huge disadvantage and they were on Saladin's home turf. So in the end, yeah, they just, they, they got butchered. I mean, thousands and thousands of Templars were thought to have died in that battle. 20,000 Crusaders. Uh, but basically, so in a, this all summarizes in an 11 and 11 in 1187 jerusalem was captured by saladin and they were forced to retreat and so they lost the holy lands but the templars refused to give up their foothold in the middle east and so for over a hundred years they still had presences in their fortifications they would like hold up in these fortifications in the middle east because they didn't want to completely abandon it um and then eventually in uh, in 1291, so yeah, over 100 years later, they had to basically abandon every foothold they had in the Holy Lands. Yeah, their last, little fun fact, their last foothold was in the island of Cyprus, and they actually owned the island of Cyprus back then. Yeah. Is that that's, fucking nuts? That's how much money they had. They just, like, they owned an entire island. Yeah, dude, <laughs> Cyprus was 3,572 square miles. Jesus. That's pretty freaking huge, What is that man? in kilometers? I'm Australian. What is that in kilometers? I'm Australian, please. Oh, my 9, God. 9,251. Uh, but anyways, yeah. So they owned a huge island. Um, but you know, but e- they eventually lost even that. Yeah. Unfortunate. And they had to retreat. They had to retreat back to Europe. Uh, and a bulk of the Templars, they returned to France with um, Jacques de Molay, who is later named the Grand Master of the Order. But the Crusades over... I mean, the Templars, the Templars, they didn't really have the clout that they once had. Uh, they were once the protectors and the fighters of the Crusades, but now uh, they kind of lost their meaning. Yeah. Zero their, their clout. Chief purpose. Zero clout. Zero. So, like, during this weekend period of time, 
King Philip II, he began to spread these rumors about because they had very they were very secretive about their initiation ceremonies. Um, so he because began, it was elite. Yeah, because it was yeah elite. I mean, it was like it's like any secretive organization even today. Yeah, it's, um, they don't just tell you how to get in. You're kind of like invited in through your your deeds and stuff. And that's how conspiracy theories are born. Yeah. yeah. And, and what, what if they just secret. got jumped in? Like a modern, like Los Angeles gangs. What if it's like, hey, they're like, hey, Christopher, what set you, what set you rep? And they're just like stomping him out. It's like, you a bitch, Christopher. He's like, in Jesus' name, you a bitch. And they're just like stomping him out. That'd be so funny, bro. <laughs> oh my god in jesus name you a bitch um yeah that was that, that's that right there that's a, that's a quote that's that's gotta go on twitter or something in jesus name you a bitch. where your um, mama live where your grandma live uh and so using so because they were so wealthy and so powerful a lot of people started a lot of people owed major debts to the knights templar and one of those was actually king philip ii or philip now i'm gonna say philip we're gonna say philip no 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 let's say philip i like philip. all right king king i'm gonna say king philip ii was secretive <laughs> ruler uh no so king philip ii actually owed a lot of money to the knights templar and so whenever they lost their foothold in the holy lands he started he kind of started off these rumors about the knights templar and their and their initiation rites and how you get into the Knights Templar. And that it 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 just it just planted a seed of doubt mm-hmm. in the people because at this time the crusaders were still thought of to be holy men, like the holiest of men. They went to the crusades and they sacrificed their lives to protect pilgrims and also to fight for the Holy Land. So, but this people still trusted them. They were synonymous with with honor and trustworthiness so he was just placing this seed and letting it kind of germinate you know um king philip let's talk a little bit a little bit about king philip because he was uh known as the biggest piece of shit in the world but he was also known (laughs) as like this very prudent very strategic very maybe not enlightened i wouldn't i wouldn't say enlightened just strategic leader who kind of who was a, a fairly Oh, I, I'm trying to think of like this a This sounds like word. a really nice way to say he was manipulative. Yeah. That, that, that's that, what that sounds like. Well, like, he's well, very well, strategic and calculating. You know, no, that means <laughs> he, he was, was a dick. He a sociopath. Yeah. Okay, so you want me to read this quote about <laughs> Philip? About Philip? Yes. Okay, so this is a quote about Philip. Uh, from a contemporary. Yes. From a contemporary mind. Not. Yes. So I'll be able to understand it. No, what? What? Because it's contemporary. No, no, it's not. It's not oh, our contemporary. Oh, it's, his it's contemporary. contemporary. I won't understand it. <laughs> okay, so a handsome, strapping fellow, bald, but with the cheerful face of ruddy complexion, ruddy. Com- I don't know, and a temperament much inclined towards good living, wine and women. He was generous to his friends, stingy towards those who displeased him, well-versed in the art of stratagem, orthodox in belief, prudent and stubborn in his resolves. He made judgments with great speed and exactitude, which apparently is a word. Uh, (laughs) Fortune's favorite, fearful for his life, easily excited and easily placated, he was very tough with powerful men who resisted him and took pleasure in provoking discord among them. Never, however, did he cause an adversary to die in prison. He yeah, might not die in prison, but he was also known for like torturing people in prison yeah. in the worst way possible. Yeah, we're going to get to that. This this sounds like a lie. He liked to employ humble men, 
to be the subduer of the proud, the defender of the church, and feeder of the poor. I'm sorry, of the poor. There we go. Ooh, ooh, that was oh, that was that was some good speech. Uh, and apparently, I didn't read this about him. He has a god complex. He yeah. thought he was Christ's avatar on Earth. Yeah, dude. He was what? He, he was the most conceited person. That you, when you think that you are God, you've transcended douchehood. Yeah. So one of the reasons he was so in debt is he used to he fought several wars in the name of Christ. Uh, he was borrowing heavily from the Knights Templar with his wars with England and the Flemish or Flemish. What's that? Well, he had a war with England and the Flemish. But wait, the Flemish aren't they? Are, are those not Finnish people? Oh my God! What are who are the Flemish? I think it's I think it's I just kind of assumed, but you know what? I think it might actually be a type in England. I think there might be like a kind of like saying. Welsh. No, Belgium? What? Flemings. Are Germanic ethnic group native to Flanders. Wait. In modern Belgium. Who speak Flemish Dutch. Huh. So I was wrong on all accounts. Minimal knowledge on basic things, Kevin. Yes. So (laughs) he was fighting in all these wars and borrowing money from the Knights Templar. And apparently he borrowed 500,000... Livials. Livials. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that. Yeah, right. definitely not right. Those that's, were, that's, that's the French money. That's, that's, the, that's the French monies. Uh, they bar- he borrowed 500,000 of it. So even, that's a lot. Uh, from uh, from the order to pay his sister's dowry. Uh, which, that doesn't sound like something you should have to do. Like, well, well, I think when you're, when you're royalty and you... Because back then, like, sisters and daughters, they were, like, pretty much sold off to be married to other princes and kings and duchesses. He was like, oh, all right, I've got to pay my sister's dowry. Let's go talk to the Knights Templar. So, and this put him in a massive debt with the Templar. And in order to handle this debt, he started imposing heavy taxes on the people. And it actually led to revolt. And during this revolt, the king of France had to take refuge in the order's primary fort and treasury in France. And so this is where the king realized just how much money the Knights Templar had because he could see it and was yeah. like, oh, my God. He's like, I... I could have so many dowries paid. <laughs> yeah, so it seems like, well, it seems like he had some alter- alternative motives. Ulterior motives? Yes. Uh, we'll figure it out. Uh, ulterior motives for what is about to happen next. It all started with rumors propagated by the king. And then on Friday, October 13th, 1307, the king launched a surprise attack. He sent out a warrant for every Templar in France. He raided their temples, their fortifications, their churches. It was the most astounding and efficient raid in medieval history. It was like as efficient, if not more efficient than a dictatorial raid in modern times. He took them out of their beds, confiscated their lands and their assets, and threw them into their own prison. He he put them in a fort that used to be owned by them. How cruel can you be? The, so their charges, they were charged with sodomy, which that's debut sex. Uh, idolatry, which is worshiping false idols. And heresy, which is kind of like anything the church doesn't like. Or you're like, F the church. Um and yeah, so and and all they were slammed with a with one. That's not even English, Matt. Like they were slammed with a hundred and four charges. Hold on, I'm just gonna show them our notes right quick. No, no, no. You don't have to show them. The I notes. didn't even. No. Don't show them the notes. <laughs> no, I didn't even realize there were that many charges. That there were that many crimes that could well, be actually, like someone could be accused. Look at this. Of. Yeah, dude. I even look found another one that was 127 charges 100, against them. 100. 
and all they were slammed with 104 charge. This sounds like a bad Craigslist posting. Dude, I was up late many nights. Just oh, typing away. I'm just messing with you. All right, there we go. We're back. Wait, uh, sorry, Jeremy. What were you saying? No, I was going to say uh, the 104 charges. He's like, he's like, okay, they worship a cat. They mummified head, baphomet, spit on crucifix. And then also they kiss each other on the penis 101 times. <laughs> That's the fucking... <laughs> He just got tired of thinking. He's like, lots of pipit touches. Uh, so yeah, he basically, he charged them with a, with a load of crap. Also keep in mind, we, we're going to talk more about this, but remember how the only law that they ever had to report to was the Pope? Well, the Pope at this time was actually a relative of the king. He, he was a relative? Yeah. I didn't know he was a relative. Read the Wikipedia page. Oh my god. Oh, but he yeah. was also. Oh, oh my god. But uh, the Pope was still. I still feel so bad for the Pope because it seemed like. So his name was Pope Clement the Fourth, and before this, uh, the last Pope, King Philippe the Second, single-handedly destroyed that Pope and got him removed from power so that he could appoint, which makes a lot more sense. So he could appoint this new Pope called who took the name. Uh, pope wait he got the last pope kicked out yeah he got the last pope kicked out really yeah so we could appoint his own i thought i didn't know that it was his freaking relative though yeah where is it um makes it so much worse the current position yeah because the current position of the roman catholic church is that the medieval persecution of the knights templar was unjust that nothing was inherently wrong with the order or its rule and that pope clement was pressed in actions by the magnitude of the public scandal by the dominating influence of king philippe the fourth who was clement's relative Wait, I thought it was Philip II. It is Philip II. It says Philip IV there. Whatever. But yeah, it was Clement's relative. Well, this is Wikipedia. And also, it was a, even Wait. if it wasn't his relative, it was still a French pope. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, you know, the man who got him the position. So there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, so keep that in the back of your minds, that the pope was like, the only person the pope really had to respond, like, like show respect to was the king of France. You know, I'm, uh, before this time, monarchs could pretty much do whatever they want and put all the charges, as long as they got a confession, mm -hmm. out of uh, the people that they were charging. But uh, there started to be a new judicial system that started to crop up and become commonplace in Europe um, just a couple of years previous. And it was this was that most trials were founded on witness testimonies. And there was also an inquisitorial body who would investigate the case. So that actually sounds similar, not exactly, but similar to modern day, our modern day judicial system. But again, like this king was ruthless. So he tortured the Templars for two weeks. He put them on the rack. Um, he roasted their feet over a fire until their bones. Bro, that's it. That's it. <laughs> You're like, I would love to be put on a rack. Just two weeks. <laughs> Well, so the we... rack is like a pulley system where they would attach your hands and your feet Hold to these these rods that turn on cranks. Yeah, so, so basically it would your stretch your limbs further and further apart. And yeah, it does it it looks like this is the opposite of what is good. Yeah. <laughs> look, at, look at this fake skeleton here. This fake skeleton is ah, just the getting opposite so of what is good. Yeah, this and is And then look up the strapado. I do how the hell am I going to type strapado? S T R A P P A D O. <laughs> Why am I asking you how to spell something? D 
Well, this is we okay, can't show wow. this. Uh, this is more of like a BDSM. <laughs> this is very BDSM. No, is that? Is that? You, will you cut this out so we don't get freaking? <laughs> What, what what is this? Remove this from the podcast immediately. Ooh, those are nipples. Yeah, we can't show those. Yeah, no, no. <clears throat> anyway, so uh, it moving is, on. It, uh, is, uh, okay. it, it <laughs> is kinky as it is terrifying. So let's leave it at that. Um, but yeah, they they were horribly horribly tortured, and after two weeks, the grandmaster Jacques Jock, sorry De Molay confessed to every single charge. But ultimately, they were under the jurisdiction of the Pope. Still remember because they didn't have to. They didn't have to answer to any laws, but the that's why all of these confessions and stuff, they had to go against Christ. and They the, had to go against the papacy, the papacy. Yeah. They had to be condemned as heresy by the it Pope It had to himself. be heresy. It couldn't be like charges against the, like, the, the king himself because they didn't have to answer no freaking king. Yeah. Uh, this is how cunning Philip II was. Uh Wow. Let's just call him King Philip, because now I don't know which Philip it is. Uh, King okay, so, Philip II. So he, so he actually, he also, and I'm pretty sure it was this same pope, uh, he blackmailed Clement IV. Even though I guess he was a relative, he still had to blackmail him. Because this is, it kind of seems like Clement IV really tried to do good. By like the, he yeah. really was a, a, a man of, of, of faith. Um, because... He was being forced to stay in Paris. King Philip was forcing him to stay in Paris and blackmailing him, saying, "Hey, um, you—I I, I have evidence that you slept with a French noblewoman," which forced him to stay in Paris. And that was the first time in history that the Pope was not allowed to go to the Vatican. I didn't know that. Yeah. What? How? First of all, what a bitch pope. <laughs> like, you're the first pope in history to not go to the Vatican. You're like, but Philip, Philip's keeping me here. Fucking God, God wanted you to go to the Vatican. You're going to answer some bitch named Philip? I guess he was, he was Dude, just If I was pope, pope, I'd be like, not me, bro. Not today. Yeah. Not fucking, today. Get the, get the Knights Templar bust I'm going out to that Vatican. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so King Philip. In Jesus' name, you a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh my so God. King Philip, uh, he demanded that Pope Clement IV launch a papal investigation because exactly, he knew that he needed the Pope to condemn the Templars. Uh, and that would be the only way to actually get the Pope to dissolve the Templar order as well. Because ultimately he wanted to seize their assets. Yeah, because he knew they had the money, money. Yeah, and to erase all of his debts. If the Templars were allowed to live on, then he'd still owe them a great deal of money. So the Pope, in the end, because he was being, because, well, he was a family member, he was also being blackmailed, he was also being uh, coerced into this, um, the Pope was obliged to conduct his own investigation. Except when the Pope went to the prison with his inquisitors, the Templars, he thought that they were, I, I'm pretty sure the Pope knew that they were being tortured and that when he went there, they would possibly recant their confessions, but they didn't. The Templars confessed again, even though they weren't being tortured. Really? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. So the uh, the papacy. They <gasps> are found... you sure? <laughs> yeah. And meanwhile, King Philip's guards are to the side, being like, "I will cut your dick." 
<laughs> I know. Exactly. No. Yeah, they see, they, they probably the got tortured so bad the first time that they were like, you better fucking keep the story up or it's fucking, I'm going to make you kiss my navel again and again. All right. As soon as you, if you try to recant. So they were trapped. Yeah. And, and he was basically like, and your life's already over. Like there's nothing, there's no going back from this. Yeah. Jesus. I mean, it, 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 they really did. They, they condemned themselves and then they condemned themselves again in front of the Pope. And the greatest heresy that they confessed to was during the initiation ceremony. And before this... Oh, yeah. The, 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 remember, because the initiation ceremony was like secretive. Yeah, secret. Some people knew some things briefly. Like um, it was uh, knowledge that the initiate was sworn not to consort with women or be put in heavy irons. And... After that, a song would be sung, and uh, the new Templar would be given the tunic of their order. However, the confessions told a very different story. So during the initiation, they would spit on the crucifix and denounce Christ. And then the Grand Master would tell them to kiss him on the lips and the navel and the buttocks. Dude, I just imagine the initiation like... In the name of Christ, fuck you, Christ. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's how uh, they spit in France. Yeah, exactly. Um, the lips, navel, and buttocks. And also, wait, so like, now, now if we're saying Inquisitor, are we talking like, like... Not like Spanish Inquisition. This was just like, he took his cardinals there um, to ask questions and to Dude, get the bottom I, of it. No, like the Inquisitors, get like the those guys, they're like, if I know anything from like any type of Inquisitor in medieval history, they are, they are not to be fucked with. Like, that's true. It, it, in video games, okay, medieval total war, if you've got an Inquisitor in your country, it's like, God damn, damn it. We can't, like, <laughs> we can't do anything wrong. Otherwise, like this guy will Inquisitor. like, they'll like, you could, yeah. That's it, also bad. a video game. Well, no, that's actually really historically accurate. Well, I think for the Spanish Inquisition, but I think this was, this was like a little bit different. It, it, they confessed to promoting homosexual acts uh, between order members saying that, hey, guys, if, if you have extreme sexual urges, we urge you <laughs> to Just live those fantasies out with other order members. That way you don't have that way you don't consort with women. Exactly. Yeah, it's actually uh, it's actually theorized that the Templars were the ones who first invented um, like like pride, like gay pride, and of course <laughs> at those times they couldn't have you know parades in the street, so they would just have little mini parades during initiations, have little picket signs, and be like, "Woo, kiss each other's butts," and uh, that and that's what and my the Pope found out. <laughs> uh, that was and just, my buttocks. I was that was just so false. <laughs> Um, but there were other things. There were other strange things besides this, like stuff that was written in stone uh, inside of their jail cell uh, in their prison. They had geometric shapes that symbolized Venus etched into the walls. Venus, uh, for those of you guys who don't know, she's a pagan Roman, Roman goddess of, of love and beauty. Um, there was also a flower uh, emerging from a heart on another wall symbolizing Aphrodite. Pagan idols. These were pagan idols. And there was also another one of a severed head, which many people believed was Baphomet, uh, who's another uh, pagan deity. Um, or 
they thought it might have been the embalmed head of John the Baptist. But wait a minute. The stuff in the prison walls, that could have been just placed there by the by the French secure like French officers, yeah? I mean, that's absolutely true. Yeah. Okay. So How would they have gotten an embalmed head into a prison? Also, the no, 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 embalmed it was, head it was etched into the wall. Like the, oh, the depiction okay. of a severed head. Really? Because oh, okay. I thought they did. No, just because the, the fact that head. it was embalmed. I don't think they actually found the severed head, but they found many. There were there were several um, depictions of a head inside of their churches. <laughs> but they imagine believed. imagine one of the Templars like etches a head onto the wall, and the other Templars like, wait, wait, wait! You got to make sure that it looks embalmed. He's like, oh, well, okay, how do I? <laughs> How do I do that? He's like, I don't know. Like, draw a circle around. I don't know. Figure it out. He like, draws a. Oh, okay. There we go. An embalmed head etched on the wall. <laughs> yeah. No, you do have a good point. How do you know if it's embalmed? I know, uh, but it's Kevin good. right now is is looking at this. Is looking at Baphomet, who is looking a, at the images. Um, I don't. He. Uh, from what I know of Baphomet, he is a deity that embodies both male and female energies. Um, it's closely related to the occult okay um, fascinating yeah but because I, mean, I feel like the mean i feel like what's up yeah it's not no, necessarily evil i should say oh okay there we go it looks no, pretty evil like <laughs> <laughs> that's because that's because you have your have jesus it. christian eyes yeah bro. um <laughs> but uh bro, bro. but i th- i feel like the most likely explanations are either yeah like it was just planted evidence or maybe they were just like taking the piss. It's like, aha, you think we're fucking pagans? Whatever, bro. Let's fucking, yeah. let's have some fun then, you know? My guess is it's like probably little, the former. Yeah, yeah. it's probably planted like evidence, how, like, obviously. Yeah. It's gotta be. But it's like, I remember like in the Irene at CalArts, like sometimes there would be like fucking like pentagrams and shit in the morning and like weird shit. And it's oh, like, yeah, okay, where they're, true. we're, but, yeah, but so like, it's like, where they're really doing like satanic artists, rituals or. Artists are like rebels and like, fuck you, you know? Fuck the man. But back then, artists were like, they're like, let's paint pictures of Jesus. Yeah, and also like, like scrawling a pentagram anywhere in Christendom was heresy of the highest degree, and you, you would could, be killed. Yeah, you'd be killed. Yeah. Nowadays, people get that shit tattooed on themselves. <laughs> yeah, I know how things have changed. You know, the the Templars were artists in their own way, and they were revolutionaries. I mean, you're looking at the people who originated gay pride. I don't think it's so, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. Again, oh. none of that is accurate. <laughs> I have put so much time into factual factual accuracy into this outline. And yet, it's you riddled with typos. It. <laughs> Philip, in the end, blackmailed the Pope when the Pope refused to disband the order. Because the Pope decided to absolve the Templars of all heresy. Yes. At the end, he was like, I sense there's something afoot here. Yeah. Because and he believed that um, the Templars were only performing these acts to steal themselves before they faced true heresy by the Muslims in the Holy Land. So in the that end... That makes sense. Yeah. No, that doesn't... I feel like that doesn't make any sense. You know? I, know. I feel like that's just an excuse. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he was I just know, like, bro. listen, I'm going to absolve them. I think it was just a power play by the Pope. He's like, I think they're no. innocent. You know, yeah. you know what that argument sounds like, bro? That argument sounds like, imagine like a Templar came home to his wife and he's like, I fucking cheated on you with a bunch of women. And she's like, what? What do you mean you cheated on me with a bunch? He's like, it's so I could cultivate the strength 
so I don't cheat on you when I'm really tempted. He's like, oh, oh, okay. I got it. I mean, that's not even have wives. (laughs) That is like, that's like sound logic right there. Not sound. It's not sound logic. I mean, it's the comparison is sound logic. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) Um, So Pope Clement IV, uh, he was actually forced to disband uh, the Knights Templar. But just a little bit afterwards, Jacques recanted his confession, saying that they were lies and throwing the Pope's absolution in his face. Philip II took this opportunity to snatch Jacques and the other relapsed heretics, quote, and put them on a pyre and burn them at the steps of Notre Dame. Yeah. So as the Grand Master, Jacques, was being burned before God, it's actually thought that it's like embedded in a legend that he claimed that the Pope and Philip would meet him before God, before the end of the year. And that actually happened. The Pope died within the year, and Philip, he was mauled. Oh, you know what? So it was Philip IV. We were getting that wrong the entire time. That's what I said. Yep, sorry. That's my bad when I was redoing that. God, we need a fact checker, guys. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry, guys. It's (laughs) Philip IV. So he was mauled to death by a wild boar by the end of the year. Um, Philip never- Wait, this bitch got killed by a pig? Yeah, dude. Game of Thrones style, man. I've never seen Game of Thrones. In Jesus' name. So- King Philip died by a fucking boar. King Philip IV? Uh, I wanted to read the exact quote. And he... Oh, you wanted to read the exact well, one? Yeah, it's right oh. here. Oh, yeah. So we actually have what Jacques actually said. Yeah, well, he says it in French. I'm going to give y'all the English version. Uh, it says, God knows who is wrong and has sinned. Soon a calamity will occur to those who have condemned us to death. Yeah. And boom. So it's kind of like the same thing, but he doesn't actually... It's not like a prophecy. Oh, well, yeah. And Pope Clement died a month later, and King Jeez. Philip died in a hunting accident before the end of the year. Which is fucking nuts. Which so, King Philip nuts. never even. So, the funny thing is, King Philip, he never laid his hands on that treasure. He went to the temple, to their temple in France, where they had all their. where they had their treasury, and it was empty. The really? entire treasury was bone dry, and their entire. the Templar fleet. They had a whole shit ton of ships. Their entire fleet that was in the bay was gone. What? No. Yeah. What? I didn't get read that. I gotta catch up on that. Okay. Did they escape? Where is the Templar's treasure? Find out next time on Mysteries of Histories. The Templars. Jeremy, signing out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. I think that's where we're going to pick it up uh, next week. Uh, we're going to talk about what exactly happened to this treasure. And how and how did this become legend and conspiracy? And dare we say mystery? 